so that we may hear your word with ears that understand and with hearts that are moved to love. Amen. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Jesus traveled among all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for the harvest. Well, this picture that will pop up here was taken two years ago on a beautiful spring day when my son Xavier and I ventured out into our backyard. Now, I rolled my eyes when I saw that our backyard was covered in those lovely dandelion flowers. You know which ones I'm talking about. I thought to myself, well, that will be fun to mow later, but not Xavier. He took one look at that backyard full of dandelions. He ran out there and he said, Mommy, there are so many wish flowers, I just can't handle it. And we spent the next hour, hour and a half, blowing our wish flowers and making wishes as they blew away in the wind. The lessons that we learn from our kids, right? That we sometimes look out and we see obstacles or annoyances or things getting in the way where children see opportunities for imagination and even compassion for something as underappreciated as a dandelion flower or some of us say it's a weed it's a weed and sometimes like xavier that day we look out on something and we are overwhelmed and we don't know where to begin whether it's with joy or sorrow but our children just jump right in and they make things happen so we start with one wish flower and another and another it's a good reminder for all of us well, today's lesson, Jesus presents us with a similar challenge as he looks upon the crowds of people, each person with his or her own world of hurt. He tells his disciples that the size of the harvest or the size of the need is bigger than they can ever imagine. But the problem is, is that there are not enough workers to work in the harvest. There are not enough people willing to jump in begin to address the enormous need that's right in front of them. So our prayer should be for God to send out workers for the harvest. Now I can imagine that those disciples probably in that moment felt a bit called out and overwhelmed. Here they had devoted their lives to following this rabbi Jesus. They had just seen him heal multiple people of diseases and cast out demons. And now he is calling on them to do the same? How? Where will they start? And Jesus is calling us to those people, those people, those sick, unwanted, unclean, cast out, weird people. It was okay for Jesus to do that, but us? Well, in that moment, Jesus does, in fact, give his followers the power and authority that they need 
cast out demons, to cure the sick, and he sends them out to find those lost sheep of Israel. He does this, knowing that they will experience growing pains. He does this knowing that they will be pushed out of their comfortable boxes that they've been in their entire lives. Jesus shoves them out into the public and says, You will do what I do. Proclaim the good news of the kingdom, to cure the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse lepers and cast out demons. We might ask ourselves, what in the world does that look like today? In our pluralistic, complex, multicultural, modern world. Because going into the harvest today is not about trying to make cookie-cutter Christians. Going into the harvest today is not about bringing people into the church. It's about going into the world. It's not about changing people. It's about engaging people. Why is it so hard for us to do? We are in this post-pandemic church world. It's still kind of going on, but we're still trying to find our way out of it in new ways of being the church. And it's no secret that many churches are in survival mode or maintenance mode. We have a hard time then getting into the mission mode. We become too busy taking care of ourselves, and we don't think too much about taking care of anyone else. So we don't see. We don't see. We don't see the people who are different and need a place to belong. We don't see that person who struggles with their mental health and needs support and connection. We don't see the person wrestling with addiction who needs healing We don't see the people in abusive situations who need a listening ear and options for health and safety. We don't see people in poverty or in a different economic class than we are who need a non-judgmental place to connect with God and with others. We don't see the need. We can't fill it in the name of Jesus. We can't announce the good news of God's kingdom to people who need to hear the good news because we don't even see the people. But Jesus did. Jesus saw the people that day, and it made him sick to his stomach. When he saw the crowds, it says, he had compassion for them. But the Greek would tell us that that word for compassion indicates a physical gut-wrenching reaction to what Jesus was seeing. He saw people as if they were sheep without a shepherd, harassed and helpless. But what does that look like? Well, sheep without a shepherd are not quiet. They're making lots of obnoxious noises. Take a minute and you you can hear it in your head. I know you can. Sheep without a shepherd are not happy sheep. They're confused and anxious. Sheep without a shepherd are hungry sheep. They need someone to lead them to green pastures and still waters. So this is the harvest. Lots of odd-looking sheep out there. They don't look alike, think alike, or smell alike. But they are one of us. And they are in some serious hurt. Their souls feel like they have been skinned alive. They're raw and they're sensitive. They need some good news. They need to be seen and given hope. The 
Sometimes all it takes is for someone to see them and notice them and ask a simple question. Are you okay? This was the case for a man named Don Ritchie, otherwise known as the Angel of the Gap. For 50 years, Don lived across the street from Australia's most notorious suicide spot, a rocky cliff at the entrance to Sydney Harbor called the Gap. And in that time, this man became widely known as the guardian angel who shepherded countless people away from the edge. What some might consider grim, Mr. Ritchie considered a gift. How wonderful, the former life insurance salesman said, to save so many. How wonderful to sell them life. You can't just sit there and watch them. You've got to try to save them. It's pretty simple. Well, Don and his wife, Moya, earned the Citizen of the Year Award back in 2010, as well as the Medal of the Order of Australia, one of the nation's highest civilian honors. It hangs in his home with the words, an angel that walks among us. And while Don has since passed, his legacy remains. And all it took was a soft voice saying, are you okay? Why don't you come in and have a cup of tea with me? And when people turned to this stranger, his smile was often their salvation. While Don could not save them all, he saved many by offering compassion. He saved many by helping those who are suicidal think beyond that terrible present moment. He offered compassion and hope. He really saw them. Sometimes that's all it takes. So we have spent the last few weeks reflecting on the ways that we are part of the harvest, ways that we can plug ourselves into our faith, whether it is through personal growth with our faith in Jesus Christ or the ways that we can love and serve. We've reflected on what it means to be laborers in the sometimes overwhelming harvest and finding oftentimes that God has already given us what we need to do the work to which we are called. So today, we are challenged to go out into the fields and to be workers for the harvest. This starts by seeing, opening our eyes to the needs of the people, really seeing people as they are, meeting people where they are, and offering compassion and hope. Just as Jesus equipped his disciples with gifts and authority to heal and cast out evil, so we too have an opportunity to go into our communities and to do the same by offering the gifts that we are given. Perhaps you find yourself today looking out at a harvest, feeling overwhelmed, just as those disciples did as they stood alongside Jesus. Maybe you feel that you have some growing to do before you venture out. Or perhaps you may feel like you are even part of the crowd, waiting to be seen or crying out for help. If so, there is good news. You are seen, you are loved, you are valued. Well, today's Grow and Go Expo that we had just before our worship service this morning had some chances to get plugged in. If you didn't get a chance to be there, we encourage you. There are flyers that we have available. There are also so many ways 
that you can get plugged into life here at Noblesville First. Whether you've been here just a few Sundays or 50 years, it doesn't matter. You'll have the chance to sign up for a life group, for example, a small group that will nurture community and friendship. Or if you are new to the congregation, we had a table that was connect and engage where you could sign up. We're having coffee with the pastors next month, which we'll be hearing more about. There are always opportunities to sign up to help with our audio or video team, or if you want to volunteer as a greeter on Sunday mornings or to help with the donuts, which I know we all love and look forward to, especially I know my child every Sunday. Or maybe you want to connect more with our children and youth. The trunk or treat is coming up. They had a sign that said, what did it say, Pastor Nicole? I like big trunks, I like big trunks and I cannot lie. So it's, it's a really fun opportunity to get involved with our family ministry team. There are so many things. Or, of course, Teeter. They had a booth giving out. Um, we had seeds and everything else that was there. You'll get a chance to continue to learn more about ways to get plugged in. And this is not our first Grow and Go Expo. We will have another one here in several months. Of course, Pastor Nicole's Bible study is also a good way to get plugged in if you're looking for ways to continue to grow in your faith. So we hope that you will take advantage of the things that we are lifting up that are in particular need of people to get connected and plugged in. And as you leave today, you will receive a seed packet. And may this be a reminder for you that we are called to sow seeds of love and kindness, to be a worker in the harvest at the times where it may seem overwhelming, and to remind ourselves not just to sit there and watch, but to do something. Start small, one wish flower at a time, one act of kindness, one smile, one word of hope, one nod of compassion, one light in the midst of the darkness. There is a church in San Diego that decided to take an act of vandalism to make a strong statement about who Jesus calls us to be. Let's take a look. There's a statue outside of a church in San Diego, not far from the San Diego Zoo. The statue of Christ, but the hands are missing. They were broken off by vandals many, many years ago. And the church, after much deliberation, decided not to replace the hands and instead put a plaque at the bottom of that statue that simply and powerfully reads, I have no hands but yours. People around us, many, many people around us go to bed every night praying for help, praying for some form of guidance. Maybe they go to bed lonely or angry or afraid or maybe they're in some kind of a financial burden or they're struggling with a relationship or they're struggling with hope or purpose. Mother Teresa said, loneliness is the worst form of poverty. One in six Americans takes some form of psychiatric drug, mostly antidepressants. Every 30 seconds in the United States, someone attempts suicide. Every 12 minutes, someone actually succeeds in committing suicide. 800 million people around the world, one out of every nine, go to bed hungry every night. 1.2 billion people on the planet live on less than $1.25 a day, extreme poverty. And you and I, in some way, in some shape, in some form, are supposed to be the hands for someone in our lives. Maybe that person's in your house, maybe they're in your work, maybe they're in your neighborhood, in your community, maybe they're half the world away, I don't know. But that statue is a challenge to you and I. I have no hands, but 
yours. Let us pray. Loving God, we are challenged today to be your hands in today's world. We look out into the harvest and we see so much hurt that sometimes it feels overwhelming. We don't know where to start. But guide us one thing at a time, one day at a time, that we will continue to see the people just as you see us. Today, Lord, you ask us to be workers for the harvest in whatever way that we feel called to do so. So stir in us hearts of compassion, of service, and love. Lord, today we know that there is so much going on in our world and in our individual lives. So we take a moment today to lift up the prayers and concerns of our hearts. We pray for people undergoing surgery or treatment, for those who are ill, for those grieving the loss of a loved one. We pray for our community right here in Noblesville, that we will see those who are hurting and not just sit there, but to do something. We pray for our congregation as we continue in a time and a season of change and transition. We pray for the exciting things and ministries and ways that you will continue to move in our congregation and beyond, that we will be the hands and feet of Christ. We pray today for our nation and for our world, and that you will send your light and healing into places of darkness, and that we may pray to continue to be the light as well. We give thanks for the joys of our lives this morning, such as new life coming into the world, for couples celebrating their wedding day or anniversaries, for birthdays, for moments of joy, for family and friends. We give thanks for the changing of the season and the reminder that change is constant and we can live into what that means for each of us. We give thanks today, we worship and praise you, and we say all of this in the name of Jesus, who teaches us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As I was listening to the close of Pastor Jill's message, that line, I have no hands but yours, will resound with me throughout this week and in the months to come. Because it reminds me that not that God cannot do the work without us, God is able, but that through grace, God invites us to do the work. And that invitation was issued not only today, but 2,000 years ago, when God gathered a group of disciples and took bread, broke it, blessed it, gave it to these disciples and said, this is my body 
broken for you and for all. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He returned thanks for, for it, gave it to his disciples and said, This is my blood shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you show forth my death until I come again. Let us pray together. God, we give you thanks for the opportunity to come to your table, a table that has no reservations. Instead, a place where all of us are welcome and equipped to serve your people. May this meal of your elements equip us to be your hands and feet in the world and to let others know that there is a God who loves them, who sees them, and who values them. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. At this time, our table is set. And we mean that when we say there are no reservations. In the United Methodist Church, we practice an open table. And what that means is that it's really open. Anybody can come, whether you're a member of this church, another church, or no church. This table is open for you. And as you come forward, we invite you to partake in elements that are gluten-free, as well as those that are not, whichever is your preference. We also invite you to bring forward your connection card that you can place here in the basket, as well as any offering that you may have for, for the church today. As you come, we want you to remember this, that this is your time with God. These prayer railings are open. We invite you to light a candle for someone or some situation in your life that you'd like to lift up to God. But most importantly, we'd like you to linger, to take time in connecting with God in this moment. The table is set and all are welcome. Let us come and receive communion now.
and our leadership here at Noblesville First. She came during COVID, actually had her taken online. God bless her for that experience and has been focused on family ministries for the last couple of years. But now she is transitioning into a role as pastor of discipleship. And what this means is that she and her team will be coordinating ways to strategically grow people in their faith through life groups, through classes, uh, through learning opportunities, as well as overseeing our care ministry and our communications ministry. So we are so excited about Pastor Jill's leadership. And I would ask that you would help us in saying yes to God's yes and calling her in this new direction. If you would stand, if you are able, and just join us in the center aisle, we are going to pray for Pastor Jill. You can put a hand here uh, or to someone next to you, a hand uh, just to join us in blessing her in this new work. Thank you so much for joining us in this. We appreciate your presence. We just sang that we believe. And we believe in the power of prayer and in the power of community in blessing one another when God calls us to new work. So let's go to God in prayer together. God, we thank you for the faithful work of Pastor Jill. She came to our congregation in a difficult season, not just for Noblesville first, but for the entire world. And she has been just that, faithful faithful in serving your people, faithful in responding to your call, and now faithful once again in this new role. God, we know that people need you. They need your word. They need ways to hear your voice. And they need ways to live out the gifts that you have put in each of us. We ask that you would be with Jill as together she works with a team to design ways for people to do just that, to grow in their faith, to go in their faith, and to be your hands and feet in the world. Let her know right now, O oh God, that she has everything that she needs to do this work well, and that you will continue to send people to the fields for your harvest. Thank you for calling each of us by name, for calling Jill's name, and for calling us together as a community of faith. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. As we leave this place, we just pray that you grow and go in your faith, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you all for worshiping with us today.
time. You never fail. You never will. I'll trust your name for greater things. You